Do you want to talk about how you're feeling right now? Oh, so many questions. What does this mean? What do I do? <laughs> Go on! Tell them what you think! I liked it. I think your calculations may have been off. I think it's all right. I just have a lot of feelings. This pleases me. These are perfectly normal feelings. Do you even know what you sound like when you talk like that? Now, shall we begin? The shorter one obviously knew his movie trivia, and his knowledge of movies and current movies and past movies was definitely in-depth. The bearded one was insightful and jovial. I had made plans on the first Wednesday of the month to bring over sausages and hard seltzers. When I arrived, the bearded one only had one sausage as it looked like he had already been sated beforehand. The other one and I, the short one and myself, had finished off the rest of the package of Bahama Mamas, and as we sat around the podcasting table, we went into several spicy boys. Nathan and Drew! My name is Sausage Chunks and Mustache, and I am your friend! Holy shit, that was so good! Okay, so first off, I knew that that was going to be something of the intro. I knew it had to be that. It had to be that. Secondly, I am average height. Fuck off. I know, but, but no, it's great. I love but it. Seriously, in my mind, I'm like, he's going to compare us. He's going to compare us to wind in his hair and kicking bird. And I swear he's going to go like the bearded one and the round one. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Real Feels Podcast. I'm bringing you a movie of a different genre every other week. And this is our epic Western episode. What a, what a and today is 1990s dances with wolves directed by kevin costner yeah just hear that you've been decorated and they sent you here to be posted actually sir i'm here at my own request why I've always wanted to see the frontier. Do you want to see the frontier? Yes, sir. Before it's gone. There ain't nothing here, Lieutenant. Everybody's run off or got killed. What about Indians? <laughs> Buffalo.
So what did you guys think? Obviously, I'm the bearded one, uh, Nathan. And <laughs> and I um, I liked it. I think that it has a lot of... There seems like hesitation in your voice. Because <laughs> I it's don't... A, it can be... It's a bit of a controversial choice. And, I will give you that. It's... And not... not it's moments of... Not politically or, or no, political it, correctness, but it is... For, as far as Westerns go, I don't think a lot of people would have picked Dances with Wolves. Correct. There's a few more obvious choices choices but i'm glad that we went with this one because i think that it has a lot of great qualities i think it has a lot of mm-hmm. moments that shine so, oh, so yeah, very it's, much so it's, it's Drew, what, what was your uh, your take so i i really enjoy dances with wolves it's something that i kind of grew up on my dad was a huge western like aficionado and so I mean, we grew up on different Westerns and older movies, like in television shows, you know, like Cheyenne or um, what's the one with uh, Robert Redford where he's in the mountains? Oh, cannot. Jeremiah Johnson. Jeremiah Johnson and like Tombstone. Joe's like, Wales. There's just something about Westerns that just resonates, you know, very, very true to me. And Dances with Wolves is one of those movies where it's possibly not i doubt it's one of the first but i think it's one of the most impactful that puts the native american in a less antagonizing light and i think that that is something that's very unique to this film and it's very important really so i i picked it for uh, a couple of reasons so i also had spaghetti western at the beginning of the season and it's like oh two westerns and and honestly western is not my favorite go-to genre uh, so Spaghetti Western, except for seeing Fistful of Dollars once, because I had bought you Jimbo and I wanted to see the comparison between them, I didn't have any foreknowledge of Spaghetti Western. So okay. I did research and I watched, you know, eight or ten of them. And then we did the Once Upon a Time in the West. Yes. And again, for Epic Western, mm-hmm. I didn't have the fortitude to sit down and go through like, what, 50, 60 years, years of no, America. No, of course. No that time. You know, some of the John Wayne movies are okay. Some of the older westerns, like, they have their issues. But for me, Dances with Wolves, I saw in the theater in 1990. Uh, my grandfather, who just turned 90, took us to a old theater in Geneva, Illinois, to see it. And why he decided to take an 8-year-old and an 11-year-old <laughs> to a three-hour-long movie is this beyond is history. me. But <laughs> <Pay attention. laughs> I, I remember uh, standing in line getting popcorn and just grabbing handfuls of popcorn out of what I thought was our popcorn bag oh god <laughs> until my hand got slapped and it was the person behind us their popcorn so i was on edge the entire time because she gave me a dirty look and like we can't sit next to her i stole her popcorn <laughs> and then there's the <laughs> couple of sex scenes in there where it's sort of like grandpa's not acknowledging it and i'm just sort of like what's going what's going on here and that it, <laughs> Why are they wrestling? it sort of has the awkwardness <laughs> of the the sex scene where he looks over he sees them and Is then it, it shows him baby? looking and it's then it shows them like stopping and be like did you get your eyeful <laughs> did you get enough but that was the first real western i had ever seen and I think it's really stuck with me over the years. It was the realest of feels uh, because I had that nostalgia of Grandpa taking me to the movies and, mm. and seeing this. And for a first-time Western, Dances of the Wolves, not such a bad choice. No. Yeah. Yeah. There's a couple of times when re-watching this for our watch for our views i found myself not recalling but semi comparing to both last samurai and and even avatar and like slash pocahontas all those quote-unquote like white messiah type movies or or white guilt white guilt white savior complex Yeah. yeah where this one has 
a lot less of a, I feel like, consequence at the end because it's the scrolling text mm. of like the spoiler alert. It kind of settles out there at the end. It does. And there's other ones that really take you through the like harsh reality, of even Avatar, where it's like, oh, our whole home is burning and we lose our great one. And now we have to fight for, you know, everyone rally together to fight for our homeland and half of us die, but we ultimately win. And they tied Dances with Wolves up in, I think, about four sentences. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. At the end. But there are a couple things that has in favor for it. So there's no. You know, this was early West, so there's no Gatlin guns, there's no trains, there's no dynamite. Which, Dale's uh, breath. Exactly. It's a truer look at the frontier. It's a truer look at sort of some of the relationships. It's not your uh, shootout at high noon. And mm-hmm. I think with Spaghetti Western, with Once Upon a Time in the West, I was managed to cover the sort of the Western, classic Western revenge story. And it was kind of nice to go in a little bit of a different direction with this, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a, a, a brilliant piece of work where not only are you going to have the characters that you can sort of bond with, let alone those of regardless of the like, you know, eth- ethnic descent, but like the cinematography is gorgeous. The soundtrack, gorgeous. And based on a book. And I like the little taste of the Civil War that you get at the beginning. A little bit. Yeah. Even though, like, the whole, like, the arms outstretched. And, and then, like, <laughs> why does he have wow. the little hook stick that he picks his boot up with? And then, like, he dramatically cracks that over his knee to shove in his mouth, putting his boot on. I Which, thought that was a little bit over the top. That music, I swear to God, it is in Robin Hood a year later. In the beginning, when they're in the when he's in the prison with the Muslims, I'm like, wait, I've heard this music before. That, coming, like- coming, we're so busy. No, that's a different problem. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? <laughs> uh, no, but they they have this like really like dramatic music that he's you know, oh, I'm I'm doing it. I'm putting my shoe on. And I was like, eh, maybe like a little too high rev of the engine for the beginning. The Union obviously taking full advantage of the Confederates. Kind of th- thinking they're just like, hey, we're all kind of like cool for a sec. You know, all right, yeah, go on back. Come on, you get it? I can make a second now. But it is a, sort of <laughs> the, the starkness of war where neither side was really itching at that point yeah. to, to like, you know charge the field right and uh when he rides back the second time which i do like how the whole line of people the miss the first time like come on back boy come on back <laughs> we got you and so the the guy that they sort of infer is the sharpshooter i was like you got him you got him and then he takes a bolt through the head when the union charges the guy that they pan quickly to who fired that shot was actually the father of uh, uh, Kevin Costner, yeah, the one that took the one that took him off the horse. Yeah, well, no, that killed the guy that was going to shoot Kevin oh, Costner. Okay. So that was his dad. That was his dad's That's little, cool. little That's quick cameo. We got to talk about the major uh, on the way out to the posting. I did not ascend to this position by being stupid. No, sir. Never. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a a very interesting and because he does this, uh, my lord, <laughs> this diary catch you up on the past you know his his scribbles (laughs) no i meant like kevin costner's uh you know dunbar's kind of his journal his journal entries of talking about oh yeah i became a hero like now i get to go wherever i want and this is where i'm gonna go so all right let's go and then so you follow along with him and his pages and we get to this outpost 
And it's, uh, yeah, let's, the, let's the out- dive in. I mean, like, the outpost itself is fine. Yeah. Like, there's, there's nothing wrong there. People are, you know, it's, trading. People are coming in and getting- There's stuff to do yeah, there's there. there's stuff to do. But apparently, this guy has just gone off his rocker, and he's just- I want to know more right, of the backstory. Like, why has he gone crazy? Uh, the only two things I could come up with that he had had, like, some sort of bad Mental engagement break. and mentally broke, or he was just so incompetent that they sent him as far away from the Civil War where he couldn't do- any damage or get anybody killed those are the only two things that i could imagine he was there in that sort of mindset and then just i thought the the suicide was was kind of an odd period to your that. journey and to my to my journey <laughs> i've pissed my, my pants and there's, and there's nothing anybody can do about it like he's obviously <laughs> off his fucking rocker but is he is he off his rocker because he's in this position and he's watching dunbar who is a hero quote unquote which decorated decorated and has kind of his free choice and he's choosing this and he's like he envies him almost like and he ca- calls him sir knight and mm-hmm. uh, i will grant you a boon and he, he <laughs> scri- the way he scribbles i'm like okay wait and then you're he, obvi- he folds <laughs> the, the order up like down to its its smallest point and then like twists it and hands him this crumpled piece of paper he should have folded it up and it said pick a color <laughs> One, two, three, four, five. See, <laughs> pick a he, number. <laughs> despite the fact that he's crazy, he's not. He's not completely gone because even when he said he's all like, "No, I, I requested, you know, the post out here," and he's like, "Really? Why?" Like he, I mean, like there's some sense in there where he's saying, "Like, why would you choose here? Well, why even, would you choose all the way out here?" He even tries to like kind of assert his dominance. He's like, "Oh, like you know, stand down, like you know, like kind of uh, <laughs> like." Do you know why? Do you think I don't know why? He's like, "No, sir, I." I don't know why. You think me a stupid? And then he defends himself. Like, a man does not rise to this position by being an idiot, which also seems very defensive on very. his part, which brings the question, why? Why are you small penis? <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> I mean, I mean, maybe it's hidden in the novel, which was actually written so that the movie could get made. Mm. Sure. So. See that peasant out there? He goes by Timmons. <laughs> which I love that. He goes by, like, oh, he goes, oh, yeah, call me Timmons. Like, you get to just make up your own name in the West. Like, it's not, like, what you're born with. It's like, no, no, no I want to be Timmons now. Uh, Timmons, call me is, Timmons is pickled eggs. <sighs> pickled Timmons. eggs and driving the wagon with his mules. And, I mean, don't, I mean, not to, like, ah, Jim. downplay. Ah, Jim. Ah, Jim. Ah, Jim. Gee, Jim. <laughs> not to downplay, you know, Timmons, because he is, like, he is a simpleton. Like, he's a simple guy. But, I mean, he has to be somewhat smart because he's migrating, like, the Great Plains. Like, there's no roads it's just open tundra. And why doesn't Timmons, like, why isn't he armed significantly more? Like, if he's sort of a, he's a frontiersman and he's Indian making country. these these huge sojourns out into the frontier. Absolutely. Why is he not, like, shotgun across the lap or, you know, pistol in the belt? He seems kind of, like, like that seems very naive that he's doing this without, like, he knows there's danger out there. He knows that there are yeah. hostile Indians that could kill him, but he just, you never see Timmons with any sort of weapon. They might, they might figure that since he's only going out so far and he's just going back to restock, what is it, is it Fort Wagner? No, Fort Wagner is where he's being taken to. I forget the name. Whatever right the post, post. is. Yeah. But like he but he's only going to the post to restock it. That's why it's like literally a wagon full and it's supposed to be for everyone there. But that's the post that he's going to. Right, that's, that's the post that he's going to. But maybe that's why he's not armed because it's within maybe such a close proximity to the actual like starting point. But I didn't understand why he was like, "Oh, no, let's 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 bail out. Let's go back." And it's like, "Well, no, you you well, made it. I don't. He sees everyone's gone. So, so what? Yeah. Be like, hey, here's all your stuff. Like, 
deuces. And that was a lot of stuff. Uh, there to me that that would be an amazing experience where like just dump two wagons full of provisions out in the middle of nowhere and just leave me behind like I am good. I've got some books. <laughs> Good to go. And Timmons is like, no, there's nothing here. And also, I identify with Timmons when he is scarfing, like, the bacon straight out of the pan and, like, burning his mouth. Like, that's me on a Saturday morning <laughs> with sausages, like, fresh out of the skill. Like, oh, ha, 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 give me more. <laughs> but what is that? <laughs> what is that? that? <laughs> he lends a, a good amount of humor to he it. He does. Well, and, too, just, like, the trip, which it's funny because... Kevin uh, Dunbar's like, oh, he's super disgusting. But he's just, like, trying to make, like, you know, the trip a little bit more interesting than just... I know I would be having okay. the time of my life if it wasn't for my company. Timmons might be the foulest man I have ever met. <laughs> Is he just that much, though, of an extrovert? Like, he's I, just not no. talking? Well, he's just like, meh. Timmons, okay, so Timmons obviously makes those trips by himself. He thinks more of the mules than he does for his own he safety. He loves the mules. He does love the mules. Just I, loves he, them. You didn't see a whole lot of uh, rivers or streams that they came along on the, the prairie. No, yeah, so, he, so probably, he probably has just like... stewing in his nectars. Right, right. So he probably has water that is saved for literally drinking, just him, just the mules. Eggs. And eggs. <laughs> and pickled eggs. And pickled eggs, which, which he probably smells like one. And uh, that's probably like Dunbar's like biggest problem is that he just, he stinks. He smells. And of course he's going to stink and smell. Like, this is his job is just to be, you know, transporting goods. He might get a bath once a week if he's lucky. I, which I think every, a week would be generous. I, Very generous. Two. I'm going to go two. Because, I mean, I, I think that's one of the things that's always kind of left out of Westerns. I don't think people actually think about how often people literally got to bathe or brush their teeth. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, things like that, just to put it into, like, perspective. And I love how they threw a fart joke into this movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a little, little fart humor never hurt nothing. It, it obviously uh, uh, added in sound fart. It's like, bend over, and then we'll put the sound of the fart in later. Like, put that in your book. <laughs> Did you poke me? Somebody poke well. me. <laughs> but I think the first, I'm going to say three quarters of the movie are my favorite part. Once Dunbar gets out there and he starts to organize the outpost, and then they keep on trying to steal his horse, and I like how the horse is so well-trained and loyal that it keeps on dragging the people with its reins out of their saddle. That horse and, broke two arms. <laughs> the horse broke two <laughs> arms. And even uh, Wyndon Harris is at one point like, he's just got a smart horse, but he's probably lost. He's an idiot. <laughs> and, uh, when he meets Kicking, Bird, uh, meets Kicking Bird for the first time and he like charges him and <laughs> you don't see until after Kicking Bird like jumps his horse and runs for it that he's completely naked. Of course he thinks he's, he's being assaulted by a crazy person. <laughs> I mean, naked people often are crazy. So. Yeah. I couldn't imagine, like, being an actor and going to, like, the premiere of your own movie and sitting in a, in a room full of, like, directors, producers, and your fellow colleagues and actors and actresses, and then just like, yep, there's my ass. Well, and he was the director as well, so and it's he like, get a good shot of my his ass. His first... And then I'm going to lightly tap the cheeks. Right. Back in the day, that was, like, that was the thing. Girls wanted to see 
the guy's the ass. guy's butt so bad. Some sweet, sweet Costner ass. Take <laughs> off those Levi's. <laughs> Independence Day. They're like, ooh, Will Smith's ass. And it's like ri- <laughs> this is like what you guys are showing up to these. I get it because like we're. It's, it's action films. Well, was that like the analog to the side boob that we would it get has sometimes? To be. It has to be because like for us as, as kids, it was like, oh my gosh. But but for girls, I'm sure it was like, yeah, woo, take it off. Like, yeah. I remember watching some of these movies that, that contain nudity when I was too young to be seeing it. And my mom would always uh, tell me to put the blanket over my head. But it was like a heavy knit blanket and you could just like prize over. Open the knit. And Why is the Afghan over my head? <laughs> <laughs> I can see this. Uh, oh, thank you, HBO, for the awakening. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, the culprit. The culprit. Uh, the Indians in this film, played by Mr. Green mm-hmm. and... Um, Wes Studi. Is Wes Studi. Well, he's not Magua in this, oh, but... Yeah, well, <laughs> what could we call Magua? Plains Magua. Yeah, which I guess, after watching Avatar, after watching... A couple other you know, those type movies. You wanted a little bit more of a showdown between the two Indian tribes and not just, you know, they kind of trick them a little bit. And you're like, oh, what? Oh, but I don't know. It's well, after doing Last Samurai last December. Yes. And after rewatching this twice, it is very interesting to see just how much Last Samurai borrowed oh a yes. lot mm. a ton the whole journal thing the ju- the voiceover but they both had the very identifiable and affable supporting characters you know stone calf kicking bird ten bears wind in his hair smiles a lot stands with fist these all at least were portrayed in a very approachable manner that the made the viewer really like them they weren't your sort of ethnically questionable Indians from like the 1950s or early yes. 60s right. that their job is to ride around the circle wagons and get shot off their horses. So that was another reason why it, I I picked Dances with Wolves is I felt it was at least like no Western is a true portrayal. Yeah. And there's a lot of fantasy in this. Uh, Open Range, I think, does a pretty decent job yeah, but of again, that being out on the prairie just four dudes, you know, and but yeah, continue. Sorry, continue. Yeah, but it it at least uh, showed that, and in this, you know, when I I saw this when I was eight years old, and it brought up a lot of questions where like, hey, we're supposed to be the good guys, but we might not be sometimes. And, Heavy, you know. We, I think, sometimes have a lot of this patriotism that overshadows that sometimes we didn't do great things in our history. Mm. So, it, you know, whatever you want to label this movie as, I still think it's good. I think it's still watchable. I don't think it needs to be politicized that much. I think that this movie is very RM. It's like the RMB of its time. It came out and it, it was a such it was a different beat. It wasn't the 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 hard rock that you know John Wayne films were with just like just driving melodies of John Wayne kills them all and he's amazing the mm-hmm. Duke this was whoa a very different vibe again it wasn't the normal but it had such a a good outlook and a good story I think that it was yeah it, I like it, it, it. I lacked that sort of well, hey there, little pilgrim. I'm going to knock back this shot of whiskey, kill half a dozen men, then come back, take my liberties with you. Yeah. I don't know why that came out as George W. Bush, hey, hey. but... Pilgrim. Pilgrim. 
it definitely had the the aspect of again putting the Native American into a a much more sensible light, a favorable light, and you know he even said much like with uh, Tom Cruise, at least Cruise, a consistent. Okay, consi- yeah, right. And this was the this is actually credited as like one of the first films to again, as you said, like show a consistency of like the trueness to their nature, to <laughs> their culture, for anything like that. These are these are people. They're not like right. skinning dogs that are still alive around the fire or kidnapping small children. Like exactly. This wasn't like that and and even with like the minute details of like the costuming and the set pieces like everything was done naturally everything was done in the sioux way in the native american fashion and like their clothes were tanned buffalo hide you had i forget she's she's not i don't believe she's credited in the cast but it's uh it's ten bears's wife so when she's sharing the story of him like doing something embarrassing and he's, he's trying to like cover her mouth uh, during the story. The w- woman who played Ten Bear's wife, she actually taught at a Sioux Nation community college and she taught Sioux language, Sioux culture. So she was the language expert for the cast. Wow. And so a lot of Native Americans, when they came to see the film, they... Your lines were- are in Sioux. I don't speak Sioux. That was what Kicking Birds said. Graham said... Wow. And I mean, I think it really attributes to, I think, a sense of awe to count the fact that 25% of the dialogue in the film is not in English. So, I mean, not only are they keeping forever now in film, all right, and the, it language. Ha- the language is saved. Yeah. And also, I think, kind of a thumbs up to the rest of the cast for having to learn Sue. <sighs> but Mary- what do we think about Mary McDonald? I was just, okay, thank you. I was yeah. like, okay, let's it's time. Let's talk about this this choice. Stands with fish. I, I think that was like the one thing they, they could have leaned what into a little bit harder, like to have Kevin Costner maybe fall in love with a Sioux woman? A Sioux woman. Yeah, I don't understand why. I was like, oh, we've got to have a white chick with, you know, well, she, luscious she was, brown hair. And she was a MacGuffin to begin with because she was like the, the key Kill- to translating. But I think they could have done that better or they could have had somebody else who maybe had picked up some English somewhere or they come about it more organically than, oh, well... There's a white woman in our tribe. She knows a little what? bit of English, and you're going to marry her. Jeremiah Johnson? Isn't that when Like, that's like the the movie that defines the universal language of a smile. Yeah. Or, where, he, or fucking enemy mine. Okay, right. I mean, he eventually does learn English until yeah. he has to take the baby boy out of him and raise him as his own. Whoa. Baby boy. <laughs> Bouncing baby boy. What's that? <laughs> what is that, Drew? What Always quick. Oh. <laughs> Put that in your book. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but even her acting, though, I wasn't so. And she's supposed to be sort of the ward of Kicking Bird, and she was, I think, like two months younger than Kicking Bird. She was two months younger than Kicking Bird. Two only, uh, and and the uh, the wife of Kicking Bird was only two years older than her. Well, like the actual like actors and actresses. But I mean, she constantly seemed like she just like was suffering from PTSD, like every day. And this movie does PTSD. not do flashbacks very really? well. Like, why not show a little bit of, of who she was, who she was and give us a sense, connect us with her husband. So it's not just this, like, I'm still in mourning. I'm still in mourning. No, I don't want to say When is in his hair like, oh, he was my friend, but now you're here and yeah. he must have gone away and died because you're here now. Like, just you. I could have used a little bit more. I am glad that he didn't join the war party against the Pawnee. Yeah. But again, that was that was more of a plot device so he could stay behind 
and then get all his guns to protect them when the Pawnee sent their war party against right. them. But again, great scene. West Duty playing the the uh, we'll the, call him Magua, the, the I don't fiercest, care. Yeah, I don't the, care. the Pawnee Magua playing the <laughs> the fiercest one. And and folks, uh, West Duty was Magua and um, Last Last Mohican. He was <laughs> Wait, he was the, <laughs> he was credited as the fierce Pawnee in this. Uh, but what? there's a, a movie that uh, it, at least was on Netflix over the summer. It's called Hostiles. So good. Mm-hmm. And it West Duty is an amazing actor. Watch that movie and see him as something else other than the antagonist. Yeah. Still an in, you know still playing that Indian role, but in such a bold hey. I've killed some of your friends. You've killed some of my friends. We're just done. Well, when he kills Timmons, like, those weren't random shots. Like, he is slowly drawing this out. Like, yeah. Yeah. he's slow. Like, he starts with the thigh. He goes to the butt. And then he's and then getting... He, in the he gets in the abdomen. And then he gets cut off out the he, seed he's like hard, the, the, of gray hair. It's <laughs> suffering. <laughs> of Timmons hair. He, it's suffering. He wants it. He, like, he's enjoying it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's no it's no big for that. Like everyone else is, you know, off eating the pickled eggs, and then he has to scalp them, and then he just, you know, well, because even the Pawnee, the rest of the guys are like, eh, we don't really want to do. It's this. like we got the eggs, we're good. We have the we have the mules. He's like, no, I will not suffer this guy's presence. So I'm gonna slowly murder him. And his death in this spoiler alert, he dies. Uh, in this film <laughs> is really cool. A little nerve wracking because mm-hmm. the crossfire is. Real, <laughs> yeah. Like there, there's, 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 there's no angle. There's no and like uh, you know, Stonecat whacked a guy with the the rifle rather than firing it, and it's like suddenly they're all decent marksmen. Yeah, yeah. That's a. I think it's a misrepresentation to say that they're not incredibly normalized to do armaments to to firearms. This is why I liked uh, Last Samurai on this part more than. And then dances with wolves because it's like, oh, yeah, we need these guns to get the upper hand on this. When in Last Samurai, they're like, no, listen, we don't we don't got we don't have guns Mm -hmm. like but we have what we have and we can just, you know, we can use their. uh, Now I'm just quoting uh, the Patriot. We're going to use their pride against them. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Mel Gibson. Stupid boy. My sons were better men. <laughs> the worst line in history. Uh, besides, remember who you are. <laughs> Those two lines worst. Done. <sighs> oh, that was an awful. I think it, The Patriot is an awful movie, but it's terribly good because it is terrible. And it still has Heath Ledger. So, like, I have a super hard. I love. Yeah, but it, it's like it came so <laughs> closely on the Soft heels spot. of Braveheart. Uh, you could just yeah. see the producers. You know, the Hollywood's like, we want you to do Colonial <laughs> American Braveheart, Revolutionary Braveheart. He's like, guys, I can't do blue war paint again. And they're like, why not? Blue, red, white. It's American. Do it. It's like, no, I'm not. I'm not doing this. Oh, Jesus. Um, Can you talk, talk with the Scottish accent while you <laughs> charge the American flag? That will sell. But uh, Tatanka is what brings them together. Aww. And uh, Tatanka. That is worth worth Queens mentioning is today. the amazing buffalo hunt scene. God, that's the that's uh, probably my favorite. Using a, a real herd of buffalo. Five hundred buffalo. Yeah, that's that's an astounding number. And the buffalo that's charging smiles a lot. Uh, it was was charging a pile of its favorite treats. It was it was charging a pile Aww. of Oreos. <laughs> oh, 
You can just hit them up like double stuff. Which, which uh, <laughs> birthday cake. Which I, I've seen that before uh, when I pulled dinner out and and old Anna. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, dinner's ready, and, and I hear the... <laughs> and then... <laughs> Anna, we love you. Anna, I love you, and, and I apologize, but it's so funny. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, to ensure the safety and, to, and that there was not going to be any uh, animal cruelty for the movie, Costner went out, and he spent uh, $250,000... To make a like a fake buffalo for every single time that one got shot and had to fall and hit the ground. I mean, it's it was a passion project for him. He spent years working on this, and he spent a lot of his own capital. Was it yeah, five years? It was five years, and he spent hundreds of thousands of dollars of his own capital. He spent eighteen. Sorry, not eighteen. They couldn't make the budget of the twenty-two million dollars, which was the, the which was the initial budget. Budget, but so he spent. I believe it was like eleven to fifteen million dollars of his own money. Wow. Ooh. Yeah. But it made it all back. It, it was a smash back. hit. He made yeah. forty. He made forty million just himself. Wow. From from the movie as a whole. And then we had uh, Waterworld, which I'm not saying I love Waterworld, but I then the Postman. Waterworld. I am going to say the Postman is shit. Yeah. Yeah. Postman is shit, but I like. It. And then he rested on his laurels for quite a long and time. And this this is a Kevin Costner still in what I would consider his, his prime. glory. His glory. <laughs> Everything I do, do oh, yeah. Kevin Costner, I do it for you. <laughs> you like them colored eyes in his butt? <laughs> yeah, no, they they capitalize on this and same thing again, showing his butt in Robin Hood. Boom, the the bathing scene. Yes, yeah. double bathing scenes. He has no. Oh, <laughs> you know what? Okay. So, that's his trademark. So now you have you have his butt in Robin Hood. You have his butt. In Dancing with the Wolves, in Mr. Brooks, he also shows his ass. Is you, he bathing? 10 o'clock, you, 1130, <laughs> and bring a friend. <laughs> no, he's not bathing. He's, he's like, I love he's, um, I don't care. I it's love a music. guilty pleasure. I love, too. love it. Yeah, oh, it's mine. Here's 50 evidence. pieces of silver to pay the devil on your way to hell. <laughs> Sorry, Drew. No, you're fine. The first time I heard the real movie, because I I think like I always saw like the TV version for some, like we had a recorded, you know, cropped of commercials. Mm -hmm. Like we would record it and then like, oh, stop recording. I'm sure you had the Jesus approved version. Oh, yeah. And it does does not have the (laughs) F word in it, which I did not understand why they had that in the actual film, because it makes very little sense when he's just like, fuck me. He cleared it. I'm like, oh. Okay, that was needed? Sure. Yeah. Anyways. They put a lot of things in film that don't necessarily... Ooh, that Blu-ray edition. I know it's completely (laughs) off topic. No, it it goes really weird. (laughs) That Blu-ray. On a couple of different ways. So Well, and then we recently rewatched Men in Tights, which basing an entire movie, just making fun of Prince of Thieves is also pretty fun. beautiful but uh, kevin costner kevin costner that's how we got on that tangent <laughs> so historical inaccuracy uh you know an arrow into a buffalo side is not like a one-shot kill they'd have to like put several arrows <laughs> couple and spears into them and then track them as they bled out but it's still a pretty awe-inspiring scene and what i want to say about this movie and i say about a lot of movies is that it's almost nothing without the score oh yeah and John oh, Barry yeah. did the score for this, which John Barry did like, what, over a dozen Bond movies, The Living Daylights, mm-hmm. Octopussy. And his score for this is 
pretty memorable and pretty yep. incredible. And you wouldn't have, it wouldn't have been such a good movie, in my opinion, without his his score. I mean, even Two Socks had his own little <laughs> his own little ditty music, yeah. when the yeah, wolf was about Two Socks, which is a great little reoccurring. I mean, I love that's how he gets his name. Eh. I love that that was his friend. And when he dies, spoiler alert again, oh, come on. And Cicero dies. Like, those are the deaths that uh, I feel like are the, sadly, like the most. Cicero? Cicero? Isn't that his horse? Is that the horse? It's I can't not, remember the horse's no, name. it's not Cicero. I don't it's think it's like Cicero. like Cody or like that. It's I not. don't know. Well, I don't know. Agree to disagree. Uh, I, really, I, I can't. Think th- I can't think of the horse's name, so I, I'm, I couldn't even tell you. You could be right. You might be. I'll bet you a beer. <laughs> I will. I will. I will take. Are you on this, Drew? I will take I, this bet. I don't. See, I don't drink beer. Cody but sure. Is the, uh, no, don't well, Google it right now. What well, are you no, doing? No, no, Please I'm, wait. I, I, I don't think it's Cody. I don't think it's Cicero. Uh, it starts with the C. All right. Well, while you guys are looking, I'm going to talk about Graham Greene because I think that that man kills it as Kicking Bird. And I think he's great as Kicking Bird. Dude, ripped. Buff. Dumbbar. Tatanka. Tatanka. I thought you were talking about like his athletic. He is. He's stout in this film. Cisco. Cisco. Cicero. Cisco. Cody. I mean. Damn. We've got plenty of beer. Uh, right. well, it's not but, but Graham Greene as, as Kicking Bird. I, I think really. Fantastic. Really. And he does Dumber. so many other good films too. Like, mm-hmm. And that's, I think the running theme I love of, seeing him crop up in Wind River, which again, oh I love gosh, that movie. So Anyone good. who, if you, if you haven't seen Wind River, go out and watch that movie. You can stream it for probably still on somewhere. Netflix. It's fantastic. Great. Great movie. And and the and his wife is in it, or you know, from the this movie is in it as the the wife of the of the, the sad guy. Uh, I cannot think of his name. Yeah. The Anyways, sad guy. Uh, the he's the, the his he's his daughter had been Jeremy Reynolds. In that one. Jeremy Reynolds. Oh, uh, gotcha. Best friend. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, wind and hair though. Anthony something did not have as successful of a career in film. He Rodney Grant. Rodney Grant. Anyways, he did not get the I think the recognition maybe as much as he was a strong player in this. He too. was though, and I'm he like, was very dynamic. He was the fierce one who came to sort of love. Like I think they almost had a, almost a closer friendship than him and Kickingbird, which is kind of weird. You think that that he wouldn't, but oh, I knew I recognized his face. He's uh, he's like the main villain in Ghost of Mars. That's what I recognized him. In. Ghost I can't see that I've Mars? seen. I can't say that I've John, seen that. I think it's John John Carpenter's Ghost of Mars. Dunbear. <laughs> The dumb dumb bar buff the tanka buff uh and well then they get married which I don't think that they would have just had a white doe skin on hand right. <laughs> yeah that was a little bit odd to me yeah um, and then he's got to go back for the other MacGuffin which is the journal because it's going to be a roadmap to lead them but then he goes back and he gets captured and they kill Cisco and the guy who finds the journal and two socks and uh, Spivey is illiterate. And just uses he's, pages out of the journal to wipe his ass with. And he's looking at all the pretty pictures. Mm-hmm. You can't read either. <laughs> and I think that's where this movie sort of peters out. Is, Very heavy. Is like, that, I mean, they, they do portray uh, most of the soldiers as sort of illiterate shit kickers, uh, uh, shit sipping frittatas. And uh, there was, I think, the captain or the lieutenant who was a little bit more intelligent. Uh, the major. Kevin def- Klein. Yeah, the, well, was that uh, I mean, was Kevin Klein. 
Kevin Klein, the one who was, who was asking him, I think it was Kevin Klein, the one who was asking him. Uh, he was the younger. He the, wasn't the, the clothing and perfume CEO. No, I think he was kidding. the guy who said, like, take him to the river and wash his face. Yeah, that guy. Okay. Yeah, he was I'm, at least I'm more sympathetic certain, with it. I'm fairly certain it's Kevin, Kevin Klein. Klein, though. I will, I will, I will, I will bet you a beer up. on that. Um, Kevin Feige. Feige. No, I'm just kidding. No. But they do sort of rescue it with the uh, the fight at the end, uh, which did tie up a, a lot of, of, of knots. You know, you saw the end of... of Two socks. Mm-hmm. Yep. It was a great scene. I love the scene where the sword soldier is sort of trying to escape thrashing through the water. And the one uh, Sue like rides up next to him and then just like leaps off of his horse Spider-Man yes. style and tackles him. Like it was great choreography on that. No fight. wires with that. that was no. And then the one guy who thought he'd be cute and sort of like slowly oh, slink uh, away I'm and uh, you know then uh brow <laughs> no bower. bullets bower yeah. when he's like fl- he's like yeah, float he's gonna bit, float. bitch slap smiles a lot and then smiles a lot like just just tomahawks oh. him to the sternum right in the chest it, i was mad he left a, he left a tomahawk in the body and i was like yelling at my tv i'm like take your tomahawk dude yeah but again this is where the movie it really peters out he goes back to the winter camp and he knows he's hunted and then they interplay this with like the the heavy theme with the drums of like the cavalry is coming to get us the cavalry is coming to get us and you've got the touching you know wind in his hair you know declaring his sort of his friendship from the the clifftop which you know it 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 is very compelling but the movie just sort of shits out it does and And that's uh, i think that's my my biggest issue with it absolutely i think that it does not stick the landing and that's one of the most important parts about films is just and then ending it the people that he's gonna go that will listen like who are these people like you haven't shown anybody uh that looks like they're willing to listen it just seems Mm. like you're going to go they're all like back and get captured and murdered and yeah or just live out in this weird half-breed type life where no one accepts you except the family that you just left because the family that you had doesn't want you and even it's not even hybrid at that point it's like he is you know ten bears tells him like your your dances with wolves like you are a member of the zoo but again maybe that's even a little bit too uh you're one of like us. a little bit too fantasy yeah. like now you're one of us you know katsumoto like you know this is for the warrior who with the older ways have, have joined the, the new, new. <laughs> it's like oh really? i don't know I, I don't care they that's that's my big tell me how he lived <laughs> <laughs> too many ending <laughs> poor crawl <laughs> Escape from Soldier. Too many ending. No ending. All right, you were right. It was not Kevin Klein. His name is Charles Rocket. Oh, so close, Drew. So close. <laughs> Segmontes? Segmonts. <laughs> so the first segment is called uh, This Is My Post. Uh, after uh, Dunbar, when he arrives at the outpost with, with Timmons, and Timmons is like, we got to get out of here, draws the gun. What is your post? Because Dunbar chose this location. He wanted to go to the frontier. Could have gone almost anywhere else. So, gentlemen, where would be the location that you would want to sort of retreat from civilization to? What would be the setting? What would be the accommodations? And why? This is where I will take up after mi madre quite exclusively. My parents love, I say my parents, but mostly my mom. My mom loves (laughs) Ireland. And Ireland is a 
magical place, especially for someone who has not been there. But I do know how much she loves it. And every time that she leaves there, she is pining to somehow get back there because mm. it's just it's everything that she wants. And sadly, that's everything I kind of want to. I love the green. Green's obviously my favorite color. I love the beer. I love the the people, the accents, the uh, some the of the, the story, the music. So my last post, if uh, and I, I'm trying to separate from you know Ethan Dexon, Brooke, the the life that I have. Well, you know, this is this, this is, is fantasy. Yeah. Like this is not like you know if you know, this is just, just this is just what if. Um, it, it would be living in Ireland, uh, just in a, a cottage close to a pub, provisions wise. Many cases of Pepsi, uh, <laughs> pl- plenty of Q-tips, and uh, <laughs> and um, the old hermit with Pepsi and Q-tips, and just just uh, he's got the cleanest ears you've ever seen, <laughs> uh, and just a couple of fields, and you know a, a nice garden in the back, and I God, I'd love that, okay. would love it, true. So growing up, I really I, I liked going to the beach. Uh, quite often. Down by the beach. Boy! Lot of massy. Sorry. Half-baked. It comes out of me every time wow. somebody says the beach. Go ahead. Sorry. I, I do like the beach. I, lo- I, I love the weather. Um, I would definitely want to stay somewhere where it is uh, particularly cooler uh, mm-hmm. more often than, than hot. And, uh, of course, growing up in, uh, you know, Bakersfield, we, we don't get snow. I would like to go somewhere that is not only beach, but also uh, snow for uh, maybe a short while. But, I mean, like... Many seeing, snow beaches seeing, in this world. snow... There are places that have beaches and get snow. True. You're going to go up. I didn't say it was going to be like all the year. Yeah. You're going to go I up mean, north. Yeah, that's fine. You're going to go with Sue up in uh, Alaska? Yeah. It's, you know, I've there. always wanted to visit Alaska. And the more, and I, I, it's not exactly like the most ideal of like experiences to like entice myself, but watching. Naked and, um, naked and alone. No, crap. I'm afraid. It's the one where the people live out. In like Alaska, away from below society. zero, or life below zero. Life below zero. That's it. I was gonna go with Cheech and Chong's Alaskan <laughs> Dream, but that that's obviously incorrect. No, but I mean things just like visiting Alaska. I, I've always thought that would be a, like a cool place to go and visit. It definitely has the cold. It definitely has beaches. I think we need, and it's nice uh, for me as a kid. Uh, I lived in uh, Illinois and Ohio, so we would have you know the snow days, which you guys didn't really get out here what's much at all and 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 now it it sort of it robs you because they send like a text message or an email that says like school's closed today but back then you had to get up at like five in the morning and watch the scroll down at the bottom of the news screen to see if you were yeah the 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 school that was closed down and there was always that one school that you're like they're Always fucking closed. Always get it. God damn them. But if we if it was closed, like, and there would be times where my mom had seen it and she would come in and she'd say, like, you know, you can sleep in. I'm turning off your alarm. No school today. And that was the best roll over, like, <laughs> find that find that sweet spot. But sometimes there's quite a lot of snow. There could be, you know, a foot and a half. And it was that sensation of being isolated. Like, no one's getting in and no one's getting out until the plows get through. But we were always well provisioned, and it was you know playing outside and uh, you know home cooked meals and a fire in the fireplace. So for me, it would be a a cabin in the mountain, mm. uh, you know, with with the iron stove, sort of like John Dunbar had a bunch of books and uh, just 
well provisioned with all the food that I could want and just no one bothered me. And a nice, maybe a nice hot tub. Go out and enjoy the, the stars and the chill of the air and, mm. and just uh, nobody's around for like a hundred miles. There you go. That would be mine. Okay. Be mine. I like it. Yeah. So, good last post. Uh, hopefully uh, we can find the the soundbite for this, but uh, it's, can I offer you an egg in this trying time? Can I offer you a nice egg in this trying time? Yeah. And uh, Dunbar gives Timmons the, the case of pickled eggs, which he seems to always be eating, and that's sort of his goodbye gift. No. Sorry for being a dick and pulling a gun on you. So in your family, what would be the... The pickled egg. What would be your Timmins pickled egg? The the food that your family sort of is a delicacy or a specialty uh, that most people would be like, well, that that doesn't sound very good or that sounds kind of odd, but you can't get enough of. So what is that? What is the pickled egg? The pickled egg for my family, my, my dad doesn't necessarily cook or he didn't really cook, you know, growing up a lot. If, if he was cooking, it was it was on the grill. All right, so it would be a steak or burgers or something like that. But so mom was always the cook. So growing up with mom, if you were to get like a specialty from mom, there was, I mean, she made like homemade meatloaf. She did, um, she does this like really tasty like broccoli salad that's just really, really good. I'm out. But something that is fast, I mean, and she'll trade off, she'll trade off and on, uh, with like homemade fried chicken. And then she also has some recipe that is, it's like oven baked fried chicken. But it's like super good and it's incredibly moist. And I mean, it's just like growing up, my mom always tried to have like healthy foods for my brother and I and my dad and whatnot. And she just tried to she tried to make it healthy yet tasty. And mm. uh, I think uh, between oven baked fried chicken and fried chicken, uh, that would be that would be it. Along with my my Nana's what my dad called uh, silver dollar biscuits. Because they were just made like normal biscuits, but they were like that thin. <laughs> so, and, and they were like that big too. So literally like a silver dollar. You could like cut one in half and it was almost like a like a prayer wafer. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, I've got two. Uh, one of them is a recipe from the Great Depression. And mm. it was my Noni's beef soup. And Nona is the Italian word for grandmother. She was my great grandmother, but we it was Noni. Mm. And so it's basically a big stock pot full of water that you threw a beef bone in mm. and a really cheap chuck roast, like a mm. cheap piece of meat. And you just barely simmer it. You don't want to bring the water to a boil and you simmer it for hours until the meat is starting to fall apart. And then you pull that out, put it on a platter, kind of shred it or slice it up. And then you throw in uh, a couple healthy handfuls of Parmesan cheese and then orzo, like the little tiny rice pasta. Mm-hmm. Bring it up to a boil so that the, that cooks. And so you would have this bowl of, of beef broth. Uh, you'd have the beef on the table. And the operation is that you take a piece of crusty bread, buttered, and you put the beef on the bread. You hit it with some salt and then fold it up almost taco style and just dip it in the broth and eat the soup. And it's as simple as you can get. I mean, it's got less than five ingredients, but it was always so satisfying why is my mouth watering holy no and like and there is like an art to it like it's the cheap cut of meat you can't boil it or it gets too tough and so that was that was just a staple that anytime i'm talking with a member of my family like oh and it made noni's beef soup and you're like how did it turn out was it (laughs) was it moist (laughs) what is taters (laughs) yeah and then the uh the other was uh is my mom's hanky pankies 
And it's usually a little piece of French bread or a little piece of pumpernickel. And you brown breakfast sausage, bulk breakfast sausage, and then you mix it with Velveeta cheese. Okay. And then okay. you slather that on top of the bread and you put it in the oven so that the bread gets crispy and everything is melty. And that was like the Super Bowl Sunday or Ohio State football game day like little poppin' snack. And it it's, again, bread, processed cheese, and breakfast sausage, but all those things together... Yes, please. It's, yeah. It's fucking delicious. Whew. Yeah. Nathan. So I have two. And one is um, uh, in, in honor of not my mother, but Mama, Mama Faith Ortega, uh, who actually just passed away. I'm actually going to her funeral tomorrow. And oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah sad. Super, super sad. But Mama Faith made some of the best tacos I've ever had in my entire life. And uh, we would have competitions to see who could, who could eat, eat the most. The most. <laughs> my record is stands at seven. Oh. Um, and Matt Camlet uh, still holds the record, I believe, to this day of what nine. What kind of shells? Corn? Tortilla? These flour? Were, they were, crunchy? They were flour, homemade. Oh. Um, every, pretty much everything that she did was homemade. So, I mean, she the way she did the, her, her pot beans, just... The ranch. I don't know why. Like she, there she, was ranch involved. Yeah, she would hand make ranch, um, and especially Ooh. like when she would do breakfast burritos. I don't know what she would do. Chili in the breakfast burrito. Mama Ortega did it right. This is this is genre bending. Right so here. it's I like uh, it. it was it was ranch. Their guacamole that she would make um, was very was passed down to mm. you know from when she married into the family. Uh, which and she was she was a white gal, so uh, she learned from. Papa Ortega's mom stands with Taco. It stands with Taco. <laughs> oh God, that would be her name. Uh, and she she just knocked out of the park. And I always, uh, whenever I'd go down there, I would ask when we'd go to college with with Matt. I'd say, Hey, is Mama making taco? And if I requested it, she would be like, Absolutely, I'll make I'll make tacos. And so that was always a huge heartwarming uh, homecoming to have. And then my my real mom makes this French bread that. I don't know what it is, but it's restaurant quality homemade deliciousness. And hmm. both my uncle and and my grandpa Mark will like jokingly like take stump take it home because they're just like, ha ha ha, <laughs> I want to eat this tomorrow and the next day and the next day. <laughs> and that's something you should have pride in, like anytime you can do something better than store bought. Right. Is Always good thing. She kills it. And she also will take that. And then here's the pickled egg part of this. She will make, what, uh, kraut burgers? And when I was younger, I was like, ugh, cabbage. And now I have a huge appreciation for it. Mm. And a lot of other people are like, oh, that's disgusting. I could eat a bowl full of sauerkraut just straight up. Well, and it's these kraut burgers are just, the, you know, they're the French bread with the meat and the cabbage and the kraut, like, inside of it. Delicious. My sister-in-law's mother makes like essentially uh, like boiled red cabbage for Thanksgiving every year, and it is it's delicious. Rotkohl. That's the German word for red cabbage. It can be very delicious. Ugh. So the bonus segment for this is with Timmins and the pickled eggs. How do you take your eggs, guys? Uh, personally, if I'm gonna have uh, like a choice for breakfast, if if I were to give them the choice, I would definitely have sunny side up. Mm. I, I enjoy sunny side up eggs. Uh, however, I do enjoy. Pickled hard-boiled eggs to make pickled hard-boiled egg sandwiches. Nathan and I were texting about this the other night. I've never... I don't like hard-boiled eggs. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, blasphemy. The, the 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 firm white and then the chalky yolk. Like it doesn't do anything for me. I there wish goes. I would have known. So I, I salad. I can't imagine. I can't imagine pickled eggs, eggs are an improvement on this. I could double, be wrong. I could be wrong. You don't even do deviled eggs. Yeah. What? No, not not so much. I really wish I knew this was coming. I made pickled hard boiled eggs two weeks ago. Well, you'll make them again. I will and, make and them save again. Save me a couple. I will. Um, I'm always happy with them scrambled. If I yeah. make them for myself, uh, I usually do uh, over easy. Uh, but recently, you guys saw I did uh, ramen, and I mm-hmm. made the ramen eggs that you sort of soft boil, and yes. then you marinate for 24 hours, and you get this sort of nice rubbery white, and then the gummy still mm-hmm. sort of running the center yolk, and... I could, I like, I was cutting them open while I'm making the ramen and just eating them. Like, I think I made eight <laughs> eggs, but I think only four made it to show. Uh, so I think that would be mine. At home is simply scrambled or over medium. Um, it just makes more sense. It is. For, it's practical. And it's and, it's yeah. good. Out and about, though, at Tofu House, I really like when I get to put the egg in the soon. And Ooh. it, I just, I don't know. Or in any carbonara type of pasta i love just the mm-hmm. just, you know an egg in there to kind of give it that oh. yeah stick it hot yolk is one of the best condiments you can have hot yolk that's a good band name we, we are, are hot yolk welcome <laughs> back to we are watch hot it yolk. that'd be good yeah we are hot yolk watch yes. us run <laughs> uh, so our last segment is tatanka 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 uh, so that's that's where uh, Dunbar and Kicking Bird, buff, buff, uh, they were able to sort of their bridge the gap, and their common want was they were both interested in the buffalo, either for Dunbar to see or for Kicking Bird to uh, eat and use. Uh, so what was the Tatanka of your sort of your adolescent, early teen friendship? Because there is always some sort of glue that sort of you and your friends just bound you together. Whether it was a, a board game, role playing, video game. What was it? For me, I had a man, this was a this was the hardest one to do because it was a smorgasbord of great, great uh, you know, games things that we would do i'm gonna start off with my my first um game there we go keep it going <laughs> keep it rolling Tatanka. 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 <laughs> my first game that brought i think everyone together was goldeneye that one with having four players even more than any mario or mario kart or mario party did you have the no odd job rule uh, we we did later on for a long time. Um, it's important for Golden. It is important. Yeah. And, and then other, everyone just goes with Jaws, just because you know you're you're that much taller. You got to jump. You know, but that game just set such a different level of multiplayer for games. Period. Oh, yeah. That remote minds. <laughs> we would do big head mode and paintball. Yes. Mode yes. 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 That was always the best. And you could only have so many like paintball splatters. So you'd be sitting there shooting the wall and, and then shoot a different part of the wall it's and then slowly. they would disappear from the wall. That you <laughs> wow. just okay. Okay. But I tried to go a little bit outside of the bounds because even though Goldeneye was the, uh, the, just all the buddies together in the dorm rooms, Halo 2 was our game of choice where the dorm floors would team up. <laughs> and so if, as you guys are like playing, it. you would hear the dorm pounding on the floor down to your dorm as you just, you know, someone got a great headshot. And that was really, 
intense. My my freshman year roommate, we had uh, what we called Sidecar Lulu. And that's when one of you got the Warthog mm-hmm. and one of you had the Rocket Launcher. Jousting! And you would get in the Rocket Launcher and yes. then we called it Sidecar Lulu where you're basically just charging groups of people trying to rocket them uh, into the air. It's a great game. Oh, we did, it. we did it where it was two Warthogs jousting, jousting. at each other. And if anyone survived, you could not pick up a gun. You had to run up and you had to hit. Ooh. <laughs> and last I like the, that. Melee. Last of the games was Diablo 1 of the first multiplayer online game that we ever played, which blew our minds. But... Beyond games, concerts were the Tatanka of our group, where when we would go to a show, listen to music, we always would talk about music, we would always talk about shows that we've gone to, even though we all knew what shows we had gone to and what we didn't go to, and so it was that weird topic that we could just mine would you have the t-shirt oh absolutely like you know like pearl jam 2004 man and we were we were (laughs) a jerry's pizza you know children so we were the dirty kids that that still showered but loved like the pop punk the undergroundness of that and yeah we and then we moved that into actually playing the music and learning the instruments and that was like band oh, that's outlet. Cool. so some so, yeah. tatanka right that was some really yeah. deep tatanka for us so who's next um mine was a little bit earlier not quite sort of late high school it was more the adolescent early teens and i think when i was in fifth grade Qzar opened up in centerville ohio and it was a the first laser tag arena where you wore like the, you know, the sort of the, the vest over the plastic vest with the ties on the side and it had the laser sensors and then the, the laser gun that was on like a phone cord. Yes. Uh, and we would play, it was like, I think like $3 and we would just go there and play game after game until our money ran out. And uh, I had my birthday year one year. Put it on my tab, Jethro. I got to get one more game in. (laughs) It was was sixth grade. I had my birthday there. And I had written like between time at school, like a 10 page tactics manual (laughs) where I, I hand drew out like the obstacles and the cover. And I was like, you know, red teams over here. Blue teams over here suppressing covering fire, like getting really band of brothers with this. So, like on my birthday, you have to keep moving. It was gonna be, it was gonna be the, it was gonna be the ultimate. Like we're gonna execute this plan. Like your red team, like you get behind there, and you guys get behind there, and like you're the runner. You're gonna go up the middle, and we played against these high school kids, and they busted out a tactic on us that just ruined the game. Where there was the the front sensor that was on the vest that you wore was right around the bottom of your sternum. And it was about the size of maybe two or three decks of cards. And so they would, uh, there was a, a hand grip on the end of the gun and the grip at the bottom. So they would twist the gun so that their arms and the gun were covering the sensor. And then mm. they would turn to the side and, and shoot. fire the gun at you. And it was like, it was game breaking. And we're like, sons of bitches. And like, <laughs> so then it, it like, imagine a bunch of adolescent high school, middle school kids running around like a bunch of drunken chickens you mean with their arms all tied up in the guns hopping up and down trying to hit sensors you we mean look like assholes imagine indians with guns shooting indians that don't have guns yes <laughs> yes <laughs> shoot them and then finally um shoot the damn gun then finally laser quest opened up and this was when i was a freshman in high school and uh and gentlemen me and my friends did participate in the <laughs> New Year's Eve lock-in at Laser Quest. But what a nerd. It had, I love it. It had That's multiple so cool. sensors, so you couldn't 
cover just the one in the front. You can screen watch like uh, uh, Bond. <laughs> and then if one of the front, one of the back, one right on the taint. And then if you if, <laughs> if you paid a membership fee, which of course we did, you got a, a little magnetic key fob that you would put on your gun when the game started. And then when the game ended, you would put on like their little screen system where they would have the scores and you had like if you weren't a member it would be like guy number 12 <laughs> but if you were a member Red shirt number you, four you got to pick your own like uh avatar name. so no. my avatar name was yoda's wrath yes <laughs> and uh there were many many nights spent there i think sophomore year it was like homecoming and there was a florist right down the strip mall and so, like, a bunch of other guys, like, showed up in their homecoming outfits, and we're, they're like, oh, where's your dates? And we're like, they're in there next round, buddy. Like, it was totally, <laughs> like, not sad cringe, but we're going to play some laser tag. No big deal. So, that was a, that was our Tatanka. I mean, of course, we had uh, Mario Kart and, and Goldeneye, but the Laser Quest at that age, until girls and jazz cabbage started entering the equation. Jazz, jazz cabbage? Cabbage? Jazz cabbage. Oh, jazz cabbage. <laughs> <coughs> jazz cabbage. Until girls and jazz cabbage really started entering the equation. Mm. Uh, it was it was laser quest for me. Give me a beat, Tony. Jazz cabbage. <laughs> It's talking about weed, everyone. <laughs> okay, Drew. Uh, okay, I mean, to not regurgitate on Goldeneye or Mario Kart or Halo uh, or even Laser Tag. Sorry. Because Laser Tag. Jazz Cabbage? Jazz Cabbage? No, not Jazz Cabbage. Road Cole? My, no. I'm sorry. My friends and I uh, would, excluding all that other stuff, we would definitely get together uh, and play Magic the Gathering all the time. I mean, gaming was our kind of like universal connector. And so you had Magic the Gathering. We all played like D&D together. Board games was also like another way of just getting together and just like hanging out with people and just having fun. This this was good times. Sometimes just like even going to the movies was really a lot of fun. But a lot of it was just sitting down. Because a lot of us were kind of like broke as kids and teenagers playing games. Is your childhood theater still in operation? My childhood theater still in operation. Like movie theater? Yeah, because there yeah. was a movie um, theater in my hometown that yeah. I saw probably like a hundred movies at. And it has been like since bulldozed to the ground. And I think there are luxury apartments there now. It was Cross, one of them, cross Point Theater. One of them is there. It's actually been redone quite a few times. We have one that actually is just one screen. And they only play uh, typically one movie a week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's okay. still up there in Kern Valley. Still, I think mm. it's more of a hot, like a the owner's just, it's just a, a hobby to kind of have. It's where they launder yeah. their money. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Breaking Bad style. <laughs> but go ahead, Drew. We, I mean, we that was really it. I mean, just like, just, I mean, gaming. Gaming was our thing that brought us all together. Just sitting down, playing Magic, playing D&D, &D, getting the video games going on with Goldeneye. We would have, I would have LAN parties at my house to play Goldeneye. Oh, LAN, and LAN parties, parties is a lost art. LAN parties to play uh, Halo because it was, it was the fun it was, I was supposed to say, it was the most entertaining thing to have the TV in the front room. People brought their own TV to stick into the back of the front room. People in the computer room, people down the hall in another room. And it's just, it's hilarious to have someone kill a person on the screen in the front room. And then from all the way down the hall, you hear, Son of a bitch! <laughs> <laughs> Quit and, your no-scoping! <laughs> and it was just, it was great. I mean, one time, 
we had people over and everyone, uh, we had uh, everyone, people over playing Halo and no one was really kind of going for the flag and people were just meeting in the middle and just having a bloodbath. Just respawn, go back, respawn, go back. And a guy came who didn't, he had never played Halo before and we told him like, just stay here. Just stay in the base. Here's a shotgun. If someone comes near, shoot him. Just shoot him. And even as a joke to himself, he like, he put his like tag name as like, I suck. And as we're all in the middle, like, bloodbathing it out, all you hear is, like, red team score. And you're like, what? Who did that? I suck. <laughs> we're like, go Osman! <laughs> because, like, no one paid attention to him. It was hilarious. I think it was just one of those things. And he and he felt kind of proud and, you know, good about himself. So, Nathan, what would you rate this episode? Um, I would actually, oh, this episode, I'd give it a, a 10 out of 10. Oh, this uh, movie. Now, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this movie. Um, I would not give it a 10 out of 10. In terms of Buffalo, and <laughs> Tatankas. I would give it four and a half wounded buffalo out of five. It's yeah. it is a it is a classic, and that first watch of it, although long and has its moments, that is not phenomenal. Really, it's it's nitpicking. I feel like at the most because it's the R and B of this genre and so it has a lot to take away from it and the more that you do kind of dissect move away kind of chew on for a bit it's really good it really does hold its own again that that pinnacle is you know some other movies that i think do it a little bit better sure but this one and maybe you'll get that movie in uh one of our our chip exchange exchanging games Ooh. Ooh. Mm. i can't wait for that but uh, but yeah. So I'll give it. I'll give it a four point five. Four point five. Right. So I'm gonna give this three out of four head wounds that uh, Lieutenant Dunbar receives in the movie. Very good. I I very much like this movie. It's a fantastic piece of work that involves a beautiful score, beautiful cinematography. I think the casting overall is fairly well done. Yeah, I, it's a, it's a must watch. If you haven't watched this, yeah. First off, you need to. Watch I don't know why you're listening yeah, to this it, it, episode. It's, it's on Hulu right now. Yeah. Oh, is it on him? Yeah, it just dropped in August. Oh, okay. Good. Um, I would give this a full pair of socks, but they are mismatched socks. Uh, mm. So the two socks are mismatched. I can, I've, I've already, I had already watched this movie twice a year, uh, not <laughs> including the two watches. We watched it, I think, New we Year's Eve. New Year's Eve. Uh, rather inebriated, <laughs> but I'm always right with it. Up until the point where they get married, and then when he goes back to his camp, I sort of am okay turn it off or petering out or doing something else. Yeah. Drew, where can people find us on the internet? Well, people can always find us up on Twitter at RealFeelsPod. You can send us an email at RealFeelsPodcast at gmail.com. Hit us up on Facebook and Instagram. Guys, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah. Uh, I'm at uh, Nato Rar uh, on Twitter. Uh, I'm just Real Feels, G I U S T, Real Feels. Uh, we've got a new Patreon segment Yay, for this Patreon. episode. This is called Timmins Frontiersman Package for $1,863, which is the year that this took place. <laughs> uh, one of us or all of us will accompany you if you have a move or long road trip. Uh, we'll provide <laughs> snacks conversation flatulence and make sure you arrive at your destination safe and sound the unloading of your gear and the cost of gas is not inclusive in this price and also at your request we will dress as shabby mule drivers and forego basic hygiene should you want the full historic experience give me all a little bit jim give me all a little bit jack <laughs> put that in your put that in your facebook post oh what's that what's he, what's he, what's he, what is that you poke me Fast of a bit. So, uh, <laughs> we just talking. We have the conversation. Uh, 
There's nothing there, Lieutenant. Egg flying out of his mouth. Great. Well, we still have time. Join us two weeks for our heist genre episode brought to us by Nathan. So anyway, guys, thank you for joining us for our Dances with Wolves epic western. This has been the realist. And the feelist. Get on there, Jack. I pissed my (laughs) pants and there's nothing anyone can do about it. Tatonka. To your journey. (laughs) To mine. (laughs) (laughs) You are my friend. (laughs) I can't believe we haven't quoted that at all. What's issue? (laughs) What's issue? Oh, what a what a wonderful. That was great. Yeah.